Hi there, thanks for downloading the latest episode of the Fantasy Animation Podcast. You can find out more at fantasy-animation.org as well as via our social media channels on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at fananimresearch, F-A-N-A-N-I-M research. If you like what you see, then please do support the show by subscribing, liking and reviewing the show. A quick written review, five stars, would be really, really helpful. It helps make the visibility of the programme even more. It helps us reach more listeners and it helps justify what we're doing to our employers. Um, So please, please take a minute out of your life to help the show. It would really help us create more content for you. Otherwise, sit back, relax and enjoy the latest episode. Hi listeners and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Animation Podcast with me, Chris Holiday, And me, Alex Sargent. We are back doing live action Disney remakes, mm-hmm. Alex. We're doing the uh, recent 2019 adaptation of Dumbo. So Tim Burton, so Tim Burton also a filmmaker. We've done a couple of films of, yeah. we've done Beetlejuice, we've done Corpse Char- Bride, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So we're returning to... Um, to his work, we're thinking about Disney, we're thinking about adaptation. I've got uh, kind of loads of questions about sort of live action, this this sort of trend, I guess, of live action remakes mm-hmm. and the role of animation within that that maybe dovetails with some of our discussions that we've had about kind of photorealism. Uh, and I think the notion of spectacle as well, like I'm, I'm fascinated by this movie. I was saying just before we started, I'm, I'm sort of convinced I haven't seen the original Dumbo, but, but there we go. Um, <laughs> I'm sort of fascinated about what the film is saying about artificiality versus photography um, and what it means to be a spectacle. So I'm sort of, and I think that the narrative of the film feeds quite nicely into maybe how the film was received as a quote-unquote live-action remake. I'm doing a lot of air quotes when I say live-action, which we will will unpack. So yes, anything about a flying elephant fantasy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of your words you just said are on my piece of paper. Um, Spectacle, um, the sort of rendering of, of of of... anthropomorphic characters mm. and, and, uh, and yeah. anthropomorphism, different fantasies throughout the age, all this kind of fun stuff. Um, and as your co-host for all this time, I can say you've almost certainly not seen the original Dumbo because you've not seen anything. That's, no, uh, I, it's classic and beloved. So uh, we can we can talk about that too. <laughs> though, though I'm I, so I did a bit of reading and and, and um, yeah, tried to sort of work out how much this was a direct kind of remake. I'm doing, yeah, a lot of air quotes, a lot of remake live action. Um, but I'm yeah, really excited to talk about it with you and um, more so. Yes, I think it's fair to say with our very special guest who is Chris McKenna, um, associate head of creative operations at. Um, the moving picture company so they kind of work in visual effects cgi animation uh, motion design for film tv and the advertising industries and he was also head previously head of animation and technical animation at the company now his work includes not just the recent adaptation of dumbo which we're very grateful to him for coming to us to to talk about today 
but a veritable feast of big screen blockbusters and franchises. So lo looking at your IMDb, I can see Terminator Genesis, Spectre. Yes. Bond, yes. Bond, Bond reference. reference out of the way. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> Salazar's Revenge, Transformers The Last Night, Ad Astra, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and Disenchanted, as well as, of course, the live-action remakes of Disney's animated classics. So Jungle Book, Lion King, and, of course, Dumbo, amongst many, many others. So, Chris, thank you ever so much for coming to chat with us on the podcast. No, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I, th I feel like we should probably sort out the Chris name. Like, maybe I should be... Number two. Uh, Chris number two. I no, can, you, you I can, can be take number that. one, Chris. We'll, oh, no, no, no. Sure. Okay, that's, no, I know, uh, I know I'm not. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. One and a half. Um, so, yeah, we, we as I said, your, your IMDb is a, is a sort of feast of, of films that I think we could talk about actually on the podcast and would fit perfectly with some of the stuff that we like to, to gas on in relation to fancy and animation. Um, but... Dumbo. So, lots to talk about, I think, in, in regards to kind of the production side. Um, for me, the animation aesthetics, this question of live action and, and reality and photography. So, um, yeah, Dumbo, how did it, how did you come to work on the project? How did it come into your life? Yeah, well, Dumbo, huge, right? Like such an iconic film as well. Like, so proud and happy that I got to work on something as major as that and something that is kind of born into our psyche almost right i mean everyone knows dumbo mm -hmm. and well almost everyone well, apparently yeah. not me but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but no i felt like I, I felt like i'd seen it and i was sure i'd seen it because of the, yeah. of the music and the yeah you're right yeah and you kind of yeah you kind of point out things that are oh that must be dumbo but actually you're not quite sure but yeah it, i mean i've been at npc now for moving picture company i should probably use the full title yeah um for around uh what is it now 10 years or so um and lucky enough obviously we work with massive disney projects and hugely exciting things that we get to work on really kind of aspirational in terms of um you know what you want to do as an artist like you're looking at the big league kind of things like that the disney projects i'm sure is up there you know yeah. along with you know pixar marvel that sort of stuff um, and yeah, Dumbo was something that I was lucky enough to be involved with as a lead artist initially, and then I moved into like the HOD position uh, during that process. And it was just just such an amazing project to be part of. Like, it, not only was it Dumbo, it was Tim Burton, so we knew yeah. that he was going to put something of his own uh, flavour onto that. And um, yeah, it was just it was such an amazing project to be part of. A huge, huge team. Like, as you can imagine, you know, when you're watching all those credits scroll past at the yeah. end of the film, it really makes sense of how many people are involved in it. Um, and, yeah, just, just so happy to be to be involved with it, really. So you're the head of the head of department now at the uh, Motion Picture Company. So I was, I was head of department before, and now I've moved up to one above that. So okay, looking right. after the heads of department, right, basically. So we, can, we can get to <laughs> that, that trajectory um, towards the end. But, but So let's start with where you were... When Dumbo lands yep. on, on the desk, yep. uh, you, you were a lead artist. So what does, what does that role entail for those that might not? Yeah, so exactly. Know? So the lead artist in the department that I was in, which is technical animation, which more so in the industry is known as creature effects. Okay. Oh, so this is already writing well, things Hang down. on. So cause <laughs> other, other industry people on, who've come on the podcast before have, have often told us the difference between animation and VFX in the industry. Yep. It's often about character versus kind of the scenery or things like that. Yeah. Would you, is that? Okay, so to explain it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. animation is, and we can talk about that more, of course, but the animation is the performance. So they're the puppeteers. They're the ones that okay. work the strings and make the character move. 
CFX or technical animation, as we call it in the moving pitch company, is more of like the finishing touches. So it might be like the elephant foot squash, or it might be, in this case, obviously the ears flopping around. Like that's not an animation, that's a simulation. And oh. uh, right, we're gonna be here a while, again, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, carry on. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I fine. should book out the next yes, five yes, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so and yeah, and we do all that that kind of like costumes on characters. That's the kind okay. of CFX tech anim department, basically. And I use CFX because that's what is more commonly known. But in NPC, it's tech anim. Yeah. So, so CFX is in cre you say creature. Creature effects. Creature okay. effects. Yeah. Right. So you're a lead yeah. you're a lead artist in the cre uh, creature yes. effects department. Yeah. So this is gold dust for you when you hear that Dumbo exactly. is yeah, fine. Yeah, well exactly that, because you know, you think about Dumbo, what do you think about Dumbo? You think about the is. Mm -hmm. And we're literally in the department I'm in, Tacanim CFX, we're literally responsible for the is. So it's like a dream come true when you're seeing this project on the big screen and you're responsible for the way Dumbo's ears look. Right. Like it's huge and it's massive and it was a lot of work and a lot of fun at the same time. Okay. Do you join the, so, so this idea of the film landing on the desk, at what point do you enter into this process? Because I think, yeah, when we've spoken to, to VFX artists and creative practitioners before, you know, the the film is a certain way through before you kind of join. And, and obviously in, in what you're talking about in relation to the workflow, you've got the finishing touches. Um, so at what point did you enter into the, you know, this is a Disney film, this is a Tim Burton film, and Disney and Tim Burton themselves have an interesting relationship anyway, going back um, to, to the 80s. So it lands on your desk, but how far... How far along is the is the film, right? Um, yeah. and, and how do you, I guess, enter into something that maybe have been going on yeah, for years right. or whatever? Yeah. So that's so the normal process, of course, would be that you have animation, they make the character move, and then the CFX department would pick it up and do the finishing touches. Right. However. Dumbo's Dumbo, so he's got these massive ears, of course, and you can't really present animation without his ears moving mm -hmm. in the way that they need to realistically move, right? So we were involved very early on, particularly as soon as animation started, effectively, and the animation supervisor was brilliant and the VFX suit was brilliant, and we, we all got involved early doors to basically say this is what Dumbo's ears should look like. And we had loads of iterations of uh, how his ears should look like in the first place. I think we ended up on a wet towel was basically our <laughs> reference um, or the key word that kept yep. or the key more, phrase. We need more kept. towel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. And I have a thing about towels, but that's another story. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> that's another podcast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was basically the idea that we got involved very early on. As soon as animation started, it's not particularly normal, but we got in started at the same time as animation to make sure the ears worked and we could present the animation with our Tecanim creature effects on top. So so, so if that's an unusual point in the process for you to, to enter into um, and, and to work on and have, I like this idea of, you know, there's the way that we use the terms up in the in the classroom and in the in the book, and then the, to hear actual animators and people working in the industry use these terms in totally different ways. That that the effects mean something very different to maybe this kind of CFX technical animation, all this kind of stuff. So this is an unusual step for you to work on this um, project so early. Um, is that because the film? And I think we you know we need to talk about this in relation to other live action. This is an un, I was an unusual one in that it's not like The Lion King because this does have kind of human, visible human performers, Colin, um, Colin Farrell, Danny DeVito. So is part of the reason that you had to enter into the process early because 
the animation has to work with live action because the it, surely characters have to work, step around and and it's it, so I'm assuming that the, the live action portions are filmed, then the animation and you take over. Um, and you're having to work with the pre-existing material right. to make sure that you're not in conflict with what's being shot or am I yeah. way off? No, exactly correct. The, the, there's two sides to this, right? So we can't present the asset, as it's called, within the VFX world as in the character, effectively. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. We can't <laughs> present that asset without... I mean, Dumbo's all about his ears, right? Yeah. So we can't present that asset, as it were. I'm doing the, no, no, the air quotes right. as well. We learned what that was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, I did. I'm sick of talking about it, really. <laughs> Assets, yeah, okay, so we're giving this asset. We can't present Dumbo without his ears, yeah, effectively. Yeah. So... Normally, animation would present their stuff. They'd show poses. They'd show, you know, silhouettes that look beautiful and get signed off by the client, whoever that is, Disney, ex Universal, et cetera, et cetera. But with Dumbo, of course, you can't do that without the ears. But we needed to prove that we could also present the ears in a way that was practical and technically correct as well within the pipeline and the workflow of the visual effects industry, right? Mm. So we got involved early on to make sure that we could do that. And what we were presenting the asset or Dumbo yeah. early on was correct to what we could produce later on in the film as well. When we're talking about finals and post tech anim CFX, you know, in the lighting world, we could represent that when we're presenting the model effectively. Yeah. Right. I, listeners might be a little bit uh, ahead of me because I'm sure they are, but, I, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just a little bit lost. So I want to make sure that uh, those who are with me might get caught up. I'm just struggling to, there's, there's CFX and there's animation. Animation is about the, the design of the character and how the character looks, and then CFX is adding the the finishing touches as you put. Yep. With Dumbo, it seems like you're you, so Dumbo. That means you have to do the ears. So I'm now my brain's going. So ears are finishing touches, but let's not go down there just yet. But obviously, you have to work a little bit more hand in hand than perhaps you would normally. Or is that not? You normally you might get the character the asset a bit later uh, in the process than this. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I, so could you give an example just to make sure I understand the distinction between what you would normally be working on of how this would normally work, maybe on another project yeah, cool. or okay. whatever? Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, Jungle Book, for Fine. example, um, uh, which is probably what stemmed us getting Dumbo in the first place. Like we did, uh, I mean, personally, <laughs> I think yeah. we did such a great achievement mm. on the Jungle Book. Yeah. And it was a good example of what we could achieve in a character environment. And we have become this character specialist studio. So that obviously instilled the confidence that we could deliver Dumbo because we've got these real life elements. We're, we're, maybe we can talk about that in a minute, but yeah. not totally real life, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'd love to. But, um, yeah, so we basically were a uh, tech anim generally would be fixing animation. Maybe they don't have time to really put the foot above the ground. So tech anim would come in and make sure the contact's correct. Also add like the bulge around uh, the feet, for example, to make right. sure it looks like it has contact. And then the cloth simulation, the simulation stuff on top of that as well. So um, tech anim, I keep saying tech anim, I should say CFX because that's what, that's what it's commonly known as. That's what but that's not how you guys refer yeah, to it. No, exactly, like, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so that would involve skin stuff, so uh, belly jiggle okay. as well. Like we get a first pass from rigging, but Tekanim would refine it if it was needed. But also the cloth simulation, so costumes, any flags, tablecloths. Um, cloth is such a generic term, it can actually mean, and it could even mean like car dents and stuff like that, you know. Right. We're bordering into effects and stuff like that, but it's, it's a similar sort of thing. Um, and then first simulation as well on top of that. 
Okay, so to, to ask what I hope will be one of my favourite questions I ever have asked on the podcast, <laughs> which is, so the, the purpose you get a different department to get the bear's tummy to jiggle, is is it is it a mainly a, a labour and resource thing where like the animators can then get on with the next slightly more kind of conceptual project whilst you guys, right. um, or is yeah. it about different... Do you use different software to do it? Is it like, you know, what's yeah, the, no. why, why make that distinction? So as of now, we are using different software, actually. But what it fundamentally comes down to is that we need to present our assets or our models to the client before it goes further down the pipeline. Because we can't afford, right, to send it all the way down the pipeline yes. and then to present it for them to say no and then for it to go all the way back through the pipeline, right. basically. So they do a, a, a basic version of what, the say, a tummy jiggle would look like, for example. And then Tech Cannon would pick it up and make the final okay. picture jiggle that you see <laughs> on the big screen. You know? okay. Cool, okay. <laughs> and, but with Dumbo, so why... What, to ask perhaps a stupid question, why would Dumbo's ears not just be given to the animators then? So that's exactly what we did. So we <laughs> we put a, um, maybe contradictory, hopefully not in terms of what I've already said, but uh, we did a very basic ear simulation on Dumbo for the animators to use, and then Tekan MTFX would pick it up to do the final ear simulation. So what that really, top and tail then. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what what the be, the massive benefit of that was the fact that animation could sign off the silhouettes and the performance and make it look how it needs to look. And then the tech anim department could do the intersections, the fixes, the dynamics from one pose to another, trying to make it look as realistic as possible, but within the realms of what animation have, had already signed off, basically. Cool, great, that's really helpful. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, yeah, thanks. Okay, yeah. even to me, and that's, uh, that's an achievement. Um, so we're using, so I think this is a good, good opportunity to talk maybe about the the identity of this film as animation um, and in relation to, to, to live action, because we're using these terms like technical animation and CFX and, and simulation, and, and a lot of these Disney adaptations or remakes, live action remakes, um, certainly for us as academics, we sit and look at them and go, well, that's not, they're not, they're not animated, they are, or sorry, they're not live action, they're animated. And we need to kind of intellectualize some of these ways that these labels are being used to talk about live action remakes when there's quite a large proportion. And in some cases, they are entirely animated. And I'd love to get your, your kind of thoughts on that. But um, my thinking for this, there was a, around, I think it was Lion King and um, Frozen 2, so Frozen 2 was celebrated as the highest grossing animated film of all time. Then Cartoon Brew uh, ran a piece that was sort of saying, well, actually, Frozen 2 is still $330 million shy of the animated feature that currently holds the all-time record, the 2019 remake of The Lion King. Now, I, was, I have been interested in this and, and wrote a very short blog post for the Animation Studies blog, which I'll stick on the, on the um, blurb for this, which is about the kind of industry discourses that situate things as animation or not animation, um, the way in which Disney would consider these films to be live action remakes versus the way that they would, we would understand them as, well, this is entirely animated. Now, of course, as I said, Dumbo is very different to The Jungle Book and The Lion King, because Jungle Book and The Lion King are entirely animated, whereas this film does, it has that kind of hybrid, hybrid kind of element. So I'd love to, uh, so this is an area that I'm interested in, and would love to get your thoughts on this, 
this debate that I guess we're having over in these university classrooms, whatever, about live action or, or yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, a huge question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we got time. Come back to the towels. Don't worry. No, but I think it's time for a break. No, that, that kind of disconnect between the way that one would freely use a term and actually to hear the industry, people from the industry talk about actually for us it is it is a live action film because we are trying to replicate live action yeah absolutely yeah yeah i yeah i i mean i agree with you and i think the um the classification of what the film comes under is totally out of our hands as well you know it's 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 for the clients to decide where it ends up and also what what the award company decides that it should end up as right so, I mean, for us, we're more about focusing on w what we can do to generate the best quality from what we've been asked and um, what they decide to classify yeah, sure. as in terms of award ceremonies is totally mm. up to them and totally out of our hands. Like, we couldn't even, you know, pitch that it should be something. Sure. <laughs> you have your own terms to describe these things that help you within the industry. They have their own terms to describe it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the two aren't necessarily the and same. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm on the front line of creating these films, right? And so the artists are creating the best art that they can. They're not even thinking about what category it comes sure. under, what... what uh, what award it might win in the future. Obviously, we're always seeking to to make the best possible version that we can. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we're not. We're yeah. literally not thinking about awards. To, you know. To make that into a slightly more, I don't know, like practical question of of kind of how this works on set, then, which is on set. Or not on set. That's exactly kind of the question I was sort of trying to get to actually, which was so Jungle Book, Lion King. You're giving a. You're you're you're, you're doing more of the effects, more of the animation there. You've got more of a, for want of a better term, blank canvas to work 100%, with. 100%, yeah. I'm assuming yeah. you are committed to some sort of photorealist aesthetic, but that's all holistically contained within the computer. So that's yeah. one challenge. How do I make yeah. a computer look like a camera? Yeah, yeah. With Dumbo, you've already got live action footage that you've got to match, match yeah. it yeah. to. Yeah. So does that change well, the process? Make it harder or does it make it easier or is it just different? Dumbo is slightly different. Whereas, um, the, I mean, the Dumbo character, for example, right? Big blue eyes, sure. like these huge over-exaggerated eyes. So the reason that, uh, for those that have watched it will understand, of course, that the locations that Dumbo's set in, the Medici Circus, uh -huh. everything, is not based on hyper-real um, locations, right? It doesn't look real. It's very um, exaggerated lighting and exaggerated locations. And the reason for that is to get the balance between how Dumbo looks to... It's a balance between realism and... Yeah. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? But to, well, it's a Tim Burton film. To, well, it? exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. even it's the... It's stylized, it's yeah, gothic, it's... it's um, so much so. Even the skies alone, um, Tim Burton put a lot of effort into making the skies look how he wanted. And, I mean, you're re I'm sure, hopefully, people will listen to this and rewatch yeah. the film and see the skies alone are an artist's canvas, you know, in everything else. I think one of the first scenes where um, the character um, looks up at the sky and sees like this beautiful skyline and you'll notice that for the first time and then throughout the rest of the film you'll notice these skies have this same artist interpretation throughout all of it and it really looks like a, a artist has painted it rather than um, you know something that we've filmed <laughs> and added in. Mm. So yeah, Dumbo has this weird kind of... Um, 
I mean, I'm sure you know about the uncanny valley thing, but it's like looking, we're trying to get past that and making, we've created a character, but we're creating a character that works in a real life situation, but also works with these stylized sets and stylized skies and everything like that, which is obviously what Tim Burton's all about, yeah. well, right? Uh, Luckily for us. Because yeah. I wrote down, okay, so the character design, I, my, one of my questions is, okay, so the character design slightly tweaked to be caricatured, which which makes sense. There's a lot of history yes. of... of yeah. Uh, a lot of, I suppose, industry discourse around uh, computer animation is that retreat that one makes from realism. You know, you take us, we want you to, we want the water in Finding Nemo. We want you to believe it's water, but we want you to know that it's computer, computery. Yeah. So there's a kind of retreat, um, which kind of questioned, this was my MA thesis back in, back, <laughs> in, back in the day. Actually, no, it was my BA thesis, even further back. This sort of kind of realism always being a name, whatever that means. But I wrote down, so it's kind of a photo real caricature. So you're sort of, in, in, as in the way that the light and, and I suppose the way that the character's behaving, it's the suggestion that it's supposed to be pro-filmic right. um, and that light is coming in and, and is, is on stage and, and live, yeah. but the actual object itself, it's like, um, it's like the textures on, yeah. on, the, the, on, on, yeah. on the Monsters of Monsters, Inc. That is real hair, but it's on a monster that's not real. Yeah, so there's yeah. a kind of push-pull within or a particular character. The object may be caricatured, but the filming isn't. Yeah, it's meant to look like the exactly. caricatured object yeah. has been filmed. Yes, exactly. So it's a stylized approach to telling a story, right? Yeah. So we're not looking for hyper real, and Tim Burton's approach was never hyper real. Yeah. It was always an expressionistic look at sure. how it should be, but with the ability to make it emotive enough that you have the, you know, the subtle. Well, I mean, Dumbo, for example, is uh, he doesn't talk, right? Yeah. So also, you've got this. Um, very small area of being able to tell the story, which is the subtle motion of like, you know, an eyebrow or an eyelid yeah. moving or, you know, and, and that was part of the fun as well, to be fair. Like that was, how do we tell his emotion in such a subtle range of movement? And is that easier to do <clears throat> in a film that has live action performers in it to have those sorts of reactions between characters? Um, is it easy to do in a film like that, or, or in you know something like The Lion King or, or The Jungle Book, where because it is entirely animated in this sort of photo real way, and and it's trying to look like a live action film. So actually, this notion of it being a live action remake is not not true, because live action is is present. It's just present in the the, the style of the film itself. Mm. It's trying to, to to mimic lens based media. So it is a live action remake, but it's yeah. an animated live action remake. Yeah, right. Um, Okay. Oh, so, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot, yeah, Alex. Yeah, thinking yeah. about this a lot. Should write some of this down. Oh, um, <laughs> sorry, I've got it record. Um, so it, it's an animated live action remit, but but you're trying to match up the way the human performers in mm -hmm. this film with and, and almost make make it like it sounds obvious, but they're they're sharing the same space. Exactly. So is is, is yeah. that more difficult to do if you're animating Dumbo's eyes and and ears? You're trying to. Yeah. To, to make that character feel three-dimensional as if on set with Colin Farrell. Yeah. So is that more difficult to do when it's hybrid or when it's not? I just really, these different exactly. kinds of movies, I think, are really striking. Definitely more more difficult. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, we're trying to blend, I mean, on the surface, right, the final result is we're trying to blend a character yeah. with real people. So um, obviously, if we over-exaggerate, if we go too far, then it doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work with real people that look how they look and look in this and the yeah. small nuances of people that 
uh, you know the facial expressions that people make yeah. like you you need to try and portray that within a character that blends with those something like Lion King for example which is full CG yeah um, slightly more easier because obviously you've got the ability to nothing to compare it with yeah. for yeah, yeah. The, the the person that's watching it and uh, one of <laughs> one of our like superstar uh, visual effects supervisors said that people watch films. Um, it's like like they have a hot meal, like they consume a hot meal, you know, and that's it, and they just appreciate it. And it's the same thing. Like you 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 look for you look at what you look at, but you don't necessarily notice everything. And visual effects is all about, um, you know, the best stuff is stuff that's invisible, right? So visual effects artists should be prepared to make sure their work goes unnoticed, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. because it's, that's the best version of visual effects. Yeah, but it's funny because you, if it's if it's more difficult in this hybrid world where Colin Farrell has to act and interact with yeah. with tennis ball on a stick, you know these kinds yeah, of yeah. stories that one hears, the labour that the artist, yeah. the, the the performer has to go through because they're acting to nothing. Fine, yeah. you have to make that seem harmonious and, mm-hmm. and coherent. Um, at the same time, people watch a movie because they want to see the spectacle of an animated Dumbo. Yeah. So, again, you're in this weird position of going, well, I want I want to believe... It goes back to the conversations we've had about Who Framed Roger yeah. Rabbit. Like, you want to believe that they're occupying the same space, but it's sort of really important that you know that they're different because we know yeah, Dumbo okay. can do something different yeah, because right. he's not... Colin Farrell and they, the film plays yeah. with that at the very very end right. by having a character dress up as a flying elephant yeah right and it's like well that's that's the other version of this film right, and there's loads of lines aren't there about like illusion and belief and yeah. these are fake and all this like, yeah. it's, it's much more prevalent in this version than the and that, that feels to be part of the, the same thing you know almost like it's in the movie isn't it all this yeah. kind of stuff so, yeah so is that because that's really interesting that the film is quite ref- it's about animation yeah, yeah, <laughs> a lot of these, yeah we end up saying that a lot <laughs> if, just, if, there's a, if there's a podcast bingo game that's all yeah. <laughs> but, but this seems quite reflexive about what people will pay money to see and not not to see and for a Disney film it's also weirdly interested in corporate greed but that's also just an interesting mm-hmm. job, way of thinking about how the film's narrative is set up but there is a kind of reflexivity about you're creating something that people will see, pay money to see in the real world, and in the film, it's supposed to be the thing that people are paying money to see. It's yeah, a very right. interesting yeah. this idea of spectacle and, and. I think that probably brings it back to the emotive response of the character, right? Like how how drawn you are to that, which is a very difficult balance. Yeah. Again, like bringing it back to uncanny value kind of situation. Mm. Like Dumbo, we we took ages to make sure it wasn't too far away from realism, but also not too far away from the character that needed to be portrayed, right? Yeah. Which is probably um, drove some of like the sets and some of the uh, creative choices around lighting and stuff like that as well. How do you work that out? Is it just intuition, rewatching things like that? You know, it's literally part of the process hundreds and hundreds of looking at different versions yeah. of Dumbo like you'll notice on the final Dumbo we have very little hair which baby elephants have quite a lot of hair all over them but actually it looks quite ugly so obviously we'd need to get rid of that yeah. because yeah. it's not appealing it's not you can't really attach to it um, as someone that's watching it and wants to like dive into the story and these big eyes 
are something that really help for a character that doesn't talk like the big eyes are key in terms of telling the story right they're, they're also key because it's the third problem well there's about 80 problems we've already identified but the 81st problem i suspect you have is that the other thing you're trying to recall somehow is the original yeah i was gonna yeah, Dumbo. Um, yeah. and as soon as dumbo in this film appears on the screen it's. I mean, there's lots of this in the movie of like songs from the original appearing in another guise that remind you of the original. Well, as soon as Dumbo appears on screen, it achieves that effect of oh, it's Dumbo, but it's that's, but it's that, not that's Dumbo. Dumbo. It's yeah. real Dumbo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, did you have to? Did you did you have the original in? Did you have any kind of sense? Of oh, 100 percent. That as a thumbprint yeah, yeah. in the back. Yeah. I mean, we we did a screening with all the artists to make sure they watched the original Dumbo that yeah. everyone was on board of. I just forgot to that. Yeah. Just to see the film. And that's just the base. You know, the supervisor would talk about what what it comes from, what the history of it, and obviously working with the clients to make sure that we get something that is portrayed in a new storytelling yeah. way of doing it, right? Because Tim Burton has a very specific way mm -hmm. of telling his stories, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we need to, to adapt that. But you'll notice with, I mean, to talk about animation specifically, yeah. um, you know, every shot has a very unique animation style to it as yeah. well right and I, I guess that comes kind of down to the animators that work on it of course like you'll notice um yeah, i mean you'll recognize a shot from the animator that worked on it effectively um you'll notice their style and that sort of thing and that's that's part of the charm because you're putting you're putting yourself into that character and that is that's the way it should work right that's that's how uh, the storytelling is born it's from the the storyteller being, in this case, the animator of Dumbo. I, I, I really want to do at least half an hour on why the ears are like towels, but I, <laughs> what you just said there really was interesting and, and just wanted to get any response to what I might say, which is that that's really interesting what you said. So you can recognise, I think we've heard other people say this actually, that you can recognise from individual shots who might have worked oh, yeah. on it. Yeah. So, so to one extent that and there's something uh, there's something I'd love to be able to do that and that sounds really good and then, then you've got that that the artist is there Chris talks a lot about kind of the history of animation being the kind of recognizing the hand of the artist at play right back to kind of Gertie yeah. the dinosaur right I'm stealing all his his ideas now I haven't got <laughs> listeners all know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure sure um, so that's so and that is definitely one of the charms at the same time you said that the perfect um, effect is in the, is invisible and yes. and the labor is uh yeah right not. yeah so yeah. i don't know did you have a no true yeah i'm probably talking on a, yeah double-edged swords there no no, I, no I don't think you are like, i, I think you're talking about two so, different types of exactly yeah. so visual effects that is beautiful and uh can be sold as uh it well even actually no it's not double-edged it's it's the same sort of thing really because you're looking at dumbo you know he's not a real elephant he's got these big blue eyes mm -hmm. Like, if you took a minute to take a breath and looked at the character, you would know that it's not a real sure. elephant, of course. But it doesn't matter. You consume it as an emotive character and yes. you're drawn to the performance. And that's where the real talent and skill lies, when you can create a performance that the, 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 the consumer, whoever that might be, the audience, is looking at that character and is drawn into it and is forgetting that it's a CGI character that's on the screen, is forgetting that it looks maybe slightly weird compared to these sure. people or doesn't quite fit into, but you're drawn to the performance. And that is the real talent of a visual effects artist when you can 
maybe it doesn't look real maybe it's not a real character like a dragon or whatever but you're drawn into that yeah. performance that sounds really interesting because I, I talk a lot about <laughs> fantasies being balancing acts between kind of things right. being too yeah, exactly. far-fetched and not so you, it's got to be believable enough to give some to, to care enough about engaging with these pixels on the screen exactly. but if it's but you also need to kind of but what a beautiful design there's that kind of the two yeah. things have to go hand in 100%. hand and yeah seesawing yeah, yeah. yeah. It's also it's oh, also yeah, the please. technical aspect of it though. Like we should ignore yeah, that yeah, yeah. because um, you know for okay so Dumbo for example, um, Jumbo Dumbo's mum. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, so we created a new tool that would enable realistic elephant skin, which we were considered to never have been done before in any other studio, and we're talking about eighteen million polygons for example, which. Uh, as I'm sure we know, uh, Maya, all these uh, software that we use can't show that. Like the, the software's not up to being able to show it. So we had to develop a way to create realistic looking skin that would also work within a technical pipeline. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a big part of what Tim Burton, I think, wanted as well. But also us as a studio, we wanted to make sure that we were upping a level of what was realism even if the characters weren't exactly based yeah. on realism and a bit caricatured, we wanted to make sure that the control we had over realism, for example, the elephant skin, was something that we could really focus on and That's make really new tools. And yeah, I mean, literally 18 million polygons, I'm sure anyone listening would understand that you can't really see that on a computer unless you have some sort of NASA-based computer. Just as the Luddite, what would, a, what would a typical bit of software have into, like, is a polygon would be the sort of, the how, I don't know, how much data or how much, um, how, how rendered or, I don't know what the right yeah, term is, that, is no, exactly, how yeah. high quality the image is. Yeah, so we, we might be looking at like five, million polygons wow, and okay. like send that off to get rendered but we had to invent a way to that we could see high resolution elephant skin which by the way is insane like i don't know if you've ever looked at elephant skin right. but uh, the crisscrossing of wrinkles like we needed to find a way to make that as realistic as possible and hopefully look back at the film look at mrs jumbo in particular when she's coming down the ramp you'll see those those wrinkles and it's not displacement maps it is high resolution topology basically so just on a sort of you know film theory tangent before we get back to ears as towels uh, unless because you that is, is that it's just we, there's a lot of kind of discussion in film theory at the moment about kind of one of the ways films can make you feel connected to the reality on screen is is there you know we talk about visuals but actually films kind of can you can almost think of films as bodies or you can touch you know it's a it's a it's a bodily experience and the the you know um, film, the skin of the film. Yep. Well, you're quite. You, I've never thought about, it, but that moment when you see Dumbo, it's it's, it's Dumbo. It's the Dumbo you've got in your brain, yep. but in in real elephant skin. So I think that achievement's definitely there on the screen. It helps so much to make it feel like an object that can be touched. Yeah, as opposed to yeah, you know, exactly. Dumb, yeah. Dumbo, you can. The original Dumbo makes you cry, but I'm not sure you feel like you can touch this. Yeah, right. In the same exactly. Way. Yeah, mm. and and that sequence where. Dumbo goes up to his mum, Mrs. Jumbo, and they do the the trunk entwining, and you've got that song playing. Yeah, and baby, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's a beautiful moment, and at the same time, it's a lot of pressure to make sure that it uh, gives the same response as the original as well. Sure, must be. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we uh, yeah, get yeah, to the plot, no, no, I just it, it, this thing about the kind of technology setting the parameters. Yeah, um, I think a lot of certainly the early writing 
on computer animation and within the Hollywood context was about pushing away from technological determinist narratives and sort of saying and Julia so Julia Moskowitz wrote an article in about 2001 for, for, for Screen which is essentially began with a story about two astronomers using the same telescope but this, the drawings that they produced of, of the sky were very different and people were thinking well what, they must be using different equipment no they're using the same equipment but the role of the artist in this so it feels like People, each one tries to push away from the technology setting the parameters of representation and talking about the craft of animation because we worry about the computer taking over. So we use terms like computer animated rather than yeah. computer generated because, and obviously we're living in a, in a world of AI and, and um, so forth. So, but it seems like actually there is a technological deterministic element to this. And we read a lot, I think, in the, in the Pixar context, context of the render farms and all these big, we, we need the technology. We want to do this thing, but the technology needs to match up to it. So yeah. it yeah. seems like we shouldn't really get rid of these technological deterministic no. narratives too hastily. We should actually think more concretely about how how you are in this kind of creative bargain with the technology and, and again reading a lot about companies that have to come up with their own things to solve a problem mm -hmm. technology is absolutely entwined with these things so it just made me think when you were talking yeah. about kind of the need to come up with these programs yeah totally i mean we we couldn't produce the films that clients are coming to us now without thinking outside the box and yeah. developing the technology um, I mean, the way the world is right now, right, is like quicker and cheaper. Yeah. So, I mean, that's always been the way that we work, of course, as well, right? Because we're a vendor at the end of the day and we, yeah. de we deliver films to clients like Disney, Universal, et cetera, et cetera. But that is not going to, it still has a massive um, fight clenching thing with the creativity, right? Yeah. Uh, the supervisors, the directors. I mean, directors are obviously super aware of <laughs> um, the budget constraints and the schedule, of course, but um, fundamentally, on the surface, on the front line, animators are creatives. And as we all know, like artwork, music, it's never finished, right? It takes it takes a very knowledgeable, <coughs> experienced artist to say, I'm not going to work on this anymore because it's going to get worse or because it's done and that's what they want. So there's this constant battle to make sure that uh, you've produced the work that you want to produce as a creative, but you don't overproduce it, that it becomes mm. damaging to, to, um, to what it is we're trying to deliver, basically. And creativity as well is like fundamentally it's <laughs> it's an extension of passion right like you're not creative without passion effectively and that is that's what drives it forward and if you're passionate about something you always want to carry on and do more and more and more yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're you're creative but you're at the same time you're 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 your engineers your researchers exactly, like yeah. it must be a difficult balancing act between you know Right, I think I've got the solution. We'll yeah. be able to create good elephant skin. We just need to invent an entirely new piece of software. Exactly. So give yeah. me X amount of money yeah. in this amount of time and, and that'll on. be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that requires a bit of, will that work? And can we not, you know, like, you know. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. Totally. It's a bit of trust. When do you do it and when you don't? Um, yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, it, it, it's like us as a company, we are always driving to do better and better every time as well. So we're always looking for that next step. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have a lot of faith in the people that, that work with the software team are amazing, the R&D team are amazing. So we develop these new tools in order to create the films that we work on yeah. and to develop, deliver what the clients are looking for. So we have a film like um, 
Dumbo that is being positioned. Okay, so it's a it's a it's a Disney film. Um, it's being positioned or will be positioned in a, as a continuation of of uh, live action remakes. Let's say Maleficent, Cinderella, mm-hmm. um, Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast, and then of course looking forward uh, Aladdin, which we've done on the on the podcast and. Um, uh, Lady and the Tramp, of course, um, and Little Mermaid, which is to come. So it's one of those. It's that. It's that genealogy. It's also got a heart back to the original cartoon yeah. in some ways that we go, ah, oh, that's that's Dumbo, as I know the character and I see what they've done with the character. Um, it's also yeah, got Timber and things. So there's lots, lots, and it's it's both an animated and it's also kind of live action. It's but it's also I wrote down. It feels like. It feels like, I mean, it feels like Octopussy, but we can talk about the role of the circus at the end of Octopussy. <laughs> but it feels like The Greatest Showman and Mary Poppins Returns came out in the year before this film. Yeah. And I and it's something, I don't know whether it's the use of, a, I don't know whether it's the circus, fine, but it's something around Mary Poppins Returns and, and Dumbo coming out. I don't know, this nostalgia we have for, for certain kinds of, t- I don't know, I don't know, what I mean, I think well, it's the, the, the circus in kind of modern life. Yeah, uh, and the role and, of entertainment and, and performance, and both of them, both of the films, talk about performance when they talk about, and they reflexively talk about performance and spectacle, but they do so through kind of an interesting distinction between animation and photography. And what what really struck me about the end of Dumbo was, I think it's um, uh, the girl is, or that they're screening a film at the end. So the end, the camera goes into one of the tents, and they're playing like a like a a movie, like right. a, um, a, a a film of Dumbo, but it's supposed to be like photography, like an a, like an early Mybridge or somewhere something like that. Um, and this, you know, this film is set in nineteen nineteen, so it's not you know it's 30, 20, 30 years, whatever max after moving images. But I thought that's a really interesting way of. The film is reflexively acknowledging this idea of spectacle and, and digital spectacle by talking about the spectacle of a flying uh, elephant. Forgot the word there, elephant. Um, <laughs> then, then at the very, very end of the film, when the film plays with our expectations of the character in captivity and actually says, Danny DeVito says, well, welcome, there's a CR flying elephant. And it's not really a flying elephant, it's a guy out of a cannon or whatever, but dressed as an elephant, which is a nice way of thinking about the, the ethics of their, their particular show and then the camera moves into a room and I think it's the two children maybe it's just the girl um, Nico Parker is, is filming like, uh, with a projection and it's got this image of this sort of fake and I, and I was thinking oh, that's really interesting that the film is making a distinction between photography and truth and I so I just wondered if any of this is sort of ringing any like, I don't know there's a, there's a reflexivity and a smartness to the film about what we think of the nature of spectacle um, and there's also references. This kind of there's a uh, anticipation of mid-century modernism with all these kind of kitchen gadgets and things. So it's very interested in technology and technologies of representation and things. Well, just to sort of add an addendum, and then I'd love to hear your thoughts, Chris, on it. Is there's that it's very weird practice making an animated elephant, isn't it? Because there's no no. It's like almost like that end of the film where it kind of there's like no elephants were harmed in the making of this <laughs> film, right? Uh, I don't know how many elephants you hung around with. I'm sure you know. Did you go to London Zoo? See we some did actually. Yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah, 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 fine. So you we have looked to after be... him, by the way. Sorry, we looked after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. No, so so yeah, exactly. No... So so you have to be you have to be for for a, for a film that's about elephants in the wild or elef- you know about organic life. Your work is, I'm picturing it, it's computer-based, I suspect, it's, it's office-based, it's desk-based, it's, it's very mm. inorganic. Yeah. But you have to be really, 
but 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 you spend months of your life thinking about elephants. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's just there's an interest. Like what Chris is saying is kind of what you do, right? Is no, uh, that's yeah. that's very true. And you know, animation will sell themselves to the character that they're portraying, right? Yeah. And they'll go home and they'll shoot references. As I'm sure everyone knows. Um, and that's why we see their performance within the character. It's the same as Tech Anim as well. Yeah, it's sure. the same as Creature Effects. Like we we don't just um, we don't know how an elephant foot crushes on the ground, like and the bulges, and we will do the reference and and sell that. Um, what sort of references did you? Everything. I mean, yeah. What you, what you said. We did go to the zoo. We we octopusy. No. Watched octopusy. Love that. Yeah. We just watched the original Dumbo. That was another. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that kind of reflect. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was gonna say that reflexivity. Then when Devito's, he's kind of talking to the camera, uh, talking to the camera, and he's talking to yeah. us, and it felt a very interesting way for the film to acknowledge almost that it's an effects movie. And yeah. And, right. Yeah. And it's also about yeah. exploitation and labour, and, and so that yeah. felt a really interesting way to kind of almost break the fourth wall and, and sort of address the audience in terms yeah, of exactly. the nature of spectacle, yeah. really. There, there's a huge amount that Disney do as well to represent the original, right? I mean, Tim Burton is a very good example of someone that wants to create his own picture and his own passion in something that he does, and every film is um, different, right? But he's got his style. So we were, we were obviously aware that we needed to create something that's slightly different, something that was um, expressionist as well in the first place. But it would always it was always going to heart back to the original and films that we've got coming out in the next, which I can't talk about. But yeah. there's still um, thing even specific characters that will say this actually represents the original as well, mm -hmm. and I think that is so important as well. We can't ignore this is not this is not a remake; it's a retelling of the original story, right? Yeah. So you can't do that without um, acknowledging where it's come from. Yeah, I mean, it's not even you know in this film in particular, right? It's not even a retelling; like it's a it's a, a new take on a character, right? Yeah, it's exactly. Work, it's a, a and the Dumbo different. universe. Yeah, yeah. The, it's extended. Yeah, <laughs> no, Dumbo extended universe. Oh no, no. <laughs> um, Doctor right. Dumbo. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Let me talk about ears now because I've teased it too much. Right. So, <laughs> okay. so the main job you've got is to make these ears and to make them. Yes. Um, Again, within all these worlds, bit realistic, bit like the original, mm -hmm. bit like uh, stylized thing like that. Yeah. Should we start with what before before the creature starts flying? Uh, how what, what do you what do you do? Right, we're gonna make the ears. Day one, what happens? Yeah, perfect question. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, it looks realish enough that we have to represent physical um, physics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Um, and it harps back to it's not an animation, it's a simulation, basically. So what we do is we program all these things into the computer that says, this is what the gravity should be doing, this is what the drag should be doing, right. this is how much it, uh, the friction across the ground represents, and all that sort of thing. And then we run out an example of that, and the computer does all the work, obviously, or not all the work, that would be unfair for yeah, the Sounds artist. like quite a lot of work we've already described, <laughs> yeah. to be honest, but yeah. Um, and then we see what that looks like. If it doesn't work, then we do another... Because what what our challenge, of course, is that the software is based on real-world physics. So gravity, drag, et cetera, et cetera, air density. But, of course, it's just a computer. It's just a simulation. It's just someone that's punched numbers into a computer. So it's not actually real-world physics. So we can change that a lot, and we can dramatically adjust that to make it look artistically how we want to do it and that's the difficult thing that's the balance so what numbers are you feeding in are you feeding in is this a pre 
already existing piece of software that deals with just objects in the world as it is, or are these things you've gathered from measuring uh, ear elephant uh, elephants ears at London Zoo? Or uh, yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah, so <laughs> for Dumbo, for example, we use Maya Encloth for the ears, which is a simulation tool that we can do the physics based on. So we use their settings initially, but of course we've been doing that for years. So we have our own in-house settings that okay. we plug in that are very similar to real-world physics, and then we just look. Uh, and see how it looks. Right. And then, how how yeah. did it look? Uh, well, you know, obviously there was a few <laughs> yeah, yeah. iterations. I'd love it if you went, and then we thought, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, we're done there. <laughs> I mean, that's the dream, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. But um, yeah, what, what comes, what the, what the real challenge is, is the art direction based on what is real world physics, right? So what looks real doesn't necessarily look good, etc. Yeah. And it's finding that balance, particularly between something as... as um, creative as Dumbo like the ear silhouettes are huge right like I'm sure you can imagine like just the shape of the outer ear which is so difficult to get in a simulation um has to be tweaked and has to look and has to be sculpted post simulation as well to make sure it looks to what looks good not just real in real life but what looks good creatively. What were some of the issues we were having then? Were there bits of ears flying off in the water? Well, it's basically, uh, I mean, it's basically that. It's just that in physics, the ear would obviously drop and it would collide across the ground, but that doesn't necessarily look great as a, yeah. as a silhouette. So in some of the uh, shots where Dumbo's like close up, for example, you might want to adjust the ear so it's a bit more rounded and okay. a bit more um, f uh, flowing and a bit yeah, more, yeah. you know, creative looking so it's that always that balance between physics and reality you know which uh is i guess is what creativity is yeah. well, i've heard that really kind of this kind of realism plus so in yeah. toy Story, sort of slightly i think shrinking the height of the door handles and increasing the the skirting right. boards yeah. just to give just to give it a little bit more exactly. something yeah. dynamism I don't know what that word is, but, yeah. but something that is real enough, but there is a sort of pushing against. Yeah, exactly. Well, a very good example of that is Dumbo when he's in flight. We enlarge the ears a little bit in order to make it look <laughs> closer to being physically possible that his ears could lift him off the ground effectively. Yeah. And some of the hardest animation shots were, of course, the takeoff, where you know, you've got these draggy ears and then suddenly you've got to try and bring him into like a real world taking off. Um, basically yeah. saying F you to gravity, you know. Is this a process you're doing <laughs> scene by scene or do you feed it into the whole movie and watch it and see what happens? Or uh... No, so we yeah, we have a long process of animation tests to make it to like takeoffs and flying and static and idle and all that yeah. sort of thing to make sure it's something that the director's looking for as well. You know. How, I don't, did you do it... Did you do, I don't know, in my head, the easier challenge is how do I make an elephant with big ears just look like an elephant with big ears whilst wandering around the circus on the ground? <laughs> then the real challenge is let's deal with the flying stuff later. But did you just, everyone was working on different bits at the same time? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there was a huge amount of crew, yeah. yeah. And not only that, you've got uh, children sitting on his back as well, <laughs> which you'll notice, hopefully, yeah. in a lot of the film is the real actors as well. We uh, very few shots that we did full CG children sitting on Dumbo's back, and that was uh, on the back of, ironically, um, months of techn technological advances to make sure that we could film the children in the right camera movement as what Dumbo was doing in CG mm -hmm. effectively. 
um, which obviously we're very proud of. <laughs> so you have to have some involvement in the f- in the live action. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the thing. Yeah. Like this again. This. So why do they put? Yes. Yeah, so, sorry. Go on. No, I was going to say because this is where I think the distinction between live action animation isn't isn't so clear cut as we can say. No, it's not a live action film. It's an animated film. I can yeah. see why people would say that because in the Lion King, yeah, okay, fine. 120 minutes is it's completely CG. I think you said it's it's completely CG. But the like, Jungle Book might be a more interesting example because Jungle Book is mainly CG, but there's always almost always one live action asset, right? Boy. Which is the board, which is Mowgli. Yeah. Right? So, so you have to, be, yeah. you're you're trying to get involved with the live action aesthetic in some form either to complement it or to replicate it by yeah. creating and of course we've, we haven't really talked about Colin Farrell's missing arm either mm-hmm. so there, you know there, there's there's lots of ways where you yes. you're really having to engage with the live actionness of the film yeah in, and, to, and change the, and, the yeah. way it's filmed literally yeah. Yeah. and I think yeah. what you're saying is correct is complementing the live action stuff yeah. I think that's quite a good keyword because you can't right I mean it's not real yeah. <laughs> like we have to find a way to complement it to blend it together I think that's the key mm-hmm. and that's a very difficult process okay. and that yeah. takes ages <laughs> so so wh- when did towels come into this process oh don't um, <laughs> relive the trauma so yeah um, so yeah I mean uh, throughout the whole time uh, I think it's more from our visual effects supervisor Patrick who is amazing by the way just to give a name a name yeah. drop uh, Patrick Leder. Um he like he wanted the ears to look like uh, a wet towel scenario so Dumbo should always have this idea that the ears are getting in the way and if you imagine mm. a wet towel it's like oh my god horrible you know you want to push it out the way exactly exactly so we put the, we put that into the physics system and of course it doesn't naturally come out as a wet towel so you have to play with the physics to make it look like it's that kind of material effectively um, and yeah, that t- that took a lot of <laughs> iterations. So what, what, what do you mean you put it into the system? Well, a, I mean, um, again, it, it kind of goes back to <laughs> it goes back what to. What do you mean? Yeah, well, yeah. How do you put a wet towel into the system? Yeah, like, it's voice activated. We just say wet towel. Yeah, yeah, cool, please. Wet towel mode. Did you wet towel? No. Hey Siri, wet towel. Yeah, it's incognito mode. Wet towel mode. Exactly. So, I mean, that's part of the fun and part of the process is that we have to find... Um, literally, I said, hey, Siri, and Siri's gone. <laughs> um, I don't know. Welcome to the world of animation. <laughs> yeah. So we have to find a way within the physics system that we could replicate a wet towel. So that might be increasing gravity, increasing drag, um, increasing air density as well, because maybe it doesn't move through the air as, as much as yeah. possible. Um, like I'm using physics based on the system that we use, but actually it's based on how it looks overall. So however you can cheat the system is is the way that, okay. that where the artist comes into it, the artistry comes into yeah. it effectively. Um, I'd like to okay, I'd like to talk about the pink elephants. Um, yes, because the interesting thing about the pink elephants from the original film is that it's it's a moment. Um, so Mark Langer has written an article about Disney regionalism that says even in the classic Disney sort of hyper-real, formulaic films from the 30s, let's say up to the, the early 50s, um, there are moments that break with the, the formula. We think of Disney as this yeah. formulaic way of seeing the world and, and, and people writing about the Disney hyper-realism. Um, we have a film like Fantasia, which three films into the Disney canon absolutely changes the way we should think about it. It's not a fairy tale, fairy, it's not a princess film, it's a kind of this 
visualization of music in these yeah, quite expressive yeah. way. So it already three films in says to us that the Disney formula didn't exist and doesn't exist. And when we spoke to Disney animators before, they said, yeah, we never worked to a formula, whether or not we believe that. But he uses, <laughs> Mark Lang, he uses the, the pink elephant sequence in the first Dumbo to say, this is a good example of a moment where Disney is breaking from its patterns of representation and doing something, playing with the frame, um, playing with expressionism, playing, doing, doing things that are slightly different than actually upturn the way we think about the Disney formula. And, and Langer writes that kind of, if we're saying that there's an East and West Coast style of animation, you have the Disney studios and then you have sort of other studios that are a little bit more anarchic, let's say. This is a moment where, and he says that Dumbo alternates between these two styles. It's both, it's both like a Disney film, but it's also right. like a like a woodpecker film, like a yeah. I've forgotten the name of the character, not Woody Woodpecker, but like these old characters that are a little bit doing something a little bit slightly, something slightly different. Um, so he talks about yeah, this sort of uh, alternating New York and West Coast sequence, um, and so it is, and, and so this film, when you talk about cohesiveness and coherence. That that bit in the film, it's not the same in the in the new dumb. It's not the same kind of. He's not inebriated. Mm -hmm. It's a moment of fantasy where he's seeing these pink elephants, or he's seeing these bubbles perform as pink elephants. That was the only bit in the film, weirdly, where I thought, oh, this it's doing the same sort of. It's trying to break from the realism of the the film. I can believe that this is a world in which Dumbo flies, yeah. because that's what the laws of the the world are. But this is a moment that is serving the same function as in the 1940s because it's a moment that is absolutely a little bit bonkers and a little bit... Well, it's not supposed to be realistic. No, it's not supposed to be realistic. So that's that's an interesting moment where you're supposed to notice the animation because mm. it's it's not supposed to be invisible or, yeah. or on, the, on the level of the... Diegesis, let's say. It's like say. an interval. Almost. It is like, yeah. <laughs> but it, that, that seems that even with it, it... It suggests to me that even in a film like Dumbo the animation just rises and falls in terms of when we're supposed to see it or mm. we're not supposed to see it. We're not supposed to really notice that he's lost an arm after the beginning. It's just supposed to be something that's about his character. We're supposed to believe that Dumbo occupies the same space and you're supposed to forget maybe that... And then he flies, Dumbo flies, and you go, oh, okay. So, so it just seems that the animation comes in and out of prominence in really important and interesting ways. And the Pink Elephant sequence reminded me that it was trying to do the same thing as the Pink Elephant sequence from the original. It was This was supposed to be a break mm -hmm. from the laws of the, yeah. the world, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. No, that, that, that's, yeah, that's a brilliant, brilliant review of that <laughs> sequence. Um, uh, just to uh, maybe not help with this conversation, no, is, is no. we didn't work on that. No, no, I, but, but it seemed <laughs> That was like... another vendor, but I understand what you're saying. So you're complimenting the work of live action footage, but are you also having to compliment or not compliment the work of other vendors, presumably? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and that's where, obviously, the supervisors come into yeah. town, right? And they're, they're the ones that can kind of sew everything together. It doesn't always work. Um, but also, I mean, that's a very good example, the pink elephant sequence of, like, being able to throw yourself into it as an animator, right, as a creative as well. Like being able to work on something like that is um, it's really throwing yourself into it as long as you're referencing back to the original, of course. Um, yeah. It's well, so important. Like, uh, that, I mean, that's probably one of... Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 that. no please interrupt. That's no, no. probably one of the iconic moments of the original yeah. that those of us who will know it will, will know, right? Absolutely. The pink elephant sequence. Um, 
But yeah. yeah, and it must be for, for those that do work, it must be freeing because you, you know you're talking a lot about the, the concerns of keeping things grounded, literally, yeah. in sort of re- gravity, and that's a kind of moment where you're like, well, let's really play with the other extreme yeah, exactly. of these settings and let's see where yeah. we can take this. I would yeah. say a similar, or or maybe not similar, at least a, uh, an, an interesting balancing act is the moments where you're trying to get the elephant to fly. Right? Yeah, 100%, so yeah. how on earth? Do you create or do you create a realistic depiction? Yeah, very good. <laughs> of a cartoon yeah, yeah. elephant in a in a real elephant skin, yeah. flying around in a circus. I mean that that is a massive part of the film, right? As as a creative company, like how do we do that? Yeah. How do we make it look real enough, but also physically impossible that it could do something like yes. that? Yes. And our animation team had, um, I mean. I think it's fair enough to say that you'd struggle to find a way to do that in any character. No, right. and, and also like if you if you really think like if I I'd, how would you do it? Well, probably I don't know. They'd be, would they be flapping or would they be like you know? Exactly. Like, if you start yeah. worrying about it too much, that's what that's you almost don't let the audience do some of the work. Exactly. Yeah, right? and, and what I always say to artists as well is that, like they're always kind of waiting for inspiration and like waiting for oh maybe you should do it like this. But let's have a meeting. Let's talk about this. But actually, no. Just just get on and do it. Just move the ears. See what it looks like. And inspiration comes from the work that you do. Yeah. You know, it's I'm sure they're not my words but it, it comes from like getting involved and doing what you need to do and then from that inspiration comes right and the flying of Dumbo was uh yeah it was insane of course there was there was lots of stuff that we needed to try out and lots of stuff that even to the point of like how would the blood flow work in the ears how would how would he go from droopy wet towel ears into like erect flying oh, yeah, ears yeah, yeah. something big enough that could take him off the ground as well and all that sort of thing mm. um and yeah it was it was just a case of trying stuff and that's really where i think visual effects animation a lot of people particularly disney maybe people are um consumed with the idea that they're told what to do but it doesn't work like that you need to try stuff you need to try it out present it see if they like it put it back in your own format, retry things, and that's really where the artistry comes from it, you know, and the worst, the worst, um, I don't know if the worst is the right term, sorry, but the the, the enemy to creativity is, is artists that doubt themselves. They should just try stuff, you know, no one knows everything, particularly in the animation world, right? Yeah. You just got to try stuff, see if it works, and who knows, it might be something that is creatively accepted or the silhouette looks beautiful and you just never know because it's interpretation right as well so yeah, yeah. um yeah it's something that you need to try to get involved with M- before. make the mistakes and, exactly and yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good yeah yeah you, you can't you can't um like you can do things in black and white you can do the muffs maths you can run the numbers but you can't develop you can't progress without creativity right you can't go further without thinking outside the box so you just have to get involved to do it and okay. see what happens. So give me give me a couple of what you tried, uh, what worked, what didn't, and what you ultimately ended up as the solution. Though. Oh, deep. Okay. Well, oh, we went this way. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, well, I mean, Dumbo's a very good example. We tried to do the flappy ear look initially, yeah. and it was horrible. It, it looked like maybe it was a bit more physically real, but it didn't. 
it looked horrible, particularly on that mass and that you know that yeah. giant character. Mm-hmm. So uh, we looked at manta rays, for example, who are they're oh, basically yeah. Oh, yeah. swimming through, they're flying through the sea effectively. So really good examples of of something that that was you know similar yeah. enough to what yeah. to what we needed to look at. Um, but yeah, there's been loads of examples. Yeah. <laughs> of How long did it take you, sort of, you know, um, as a team to? To get there yeah i mean we're talking months yeah. i mean we have to we have to do model updates bigger ears smaller ears animation updates tech anim cfx updates to get the follow-through on the tip of the ears and all that sort of stuff um yeah it takes a long time and um i mean obviously with dumbo they're obsessed with the silhouette of the ears as well how it looks as a as a picture so we had to make sure that we could do that technically as well mm-hmm. um yeah, lots, lots of time. And did you, could you articulate what the solution, what you end up deciding to do, or was it just like a, I don't know how we got there, but we got there kind of moment. Serendipity um, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, sometimes. it's a bit of both, to be honest. Yeah, we present a lot of stuff, and uh, it, it comes back to, I think as an artist as well, you have to be prepared to throw your work away, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be ready to say, oh, that was beautiful, but actually they don't want it, so I'm going to work on something else. And that's part of the challenge of being an artist as well. Um, but yeah, it, it takes it takes a long time because, I mean, fundamentally, you you show a director what you want. The director shows their kids. The kids are in the kitchen whilst the director's looking at it, and they have a comment. So you know, it's that kind of creative atmosphere. Mm. Um, but that's part of the fun yeah. as well. Like, yeah, you're not stuck on creating a result. You're stuck on creating things rather than one thing. Mm. Sure. I feel like, I mean, we're, we're yeah, getting close yeah. to time, but normally I think at the end or towards when we are, we tend to ask if there's like a particular uh, shot or scene or bit or bit of that you're really kind of proud of or that there's a bit where you're like, that that took us ages and we're really happy with the... Could could be something that we're supposed to notice or something that we're not supposed to notice. But um, And some people kind of go because they, yeah, agonised over it for ages or that it yeah. came together really quickly. So is there any, anything in the in the film that you're like, actually, that that's the bit that sort of sticks out? As yeah, a right. Cool, good question. So obviously my um, area of interest, if you like, was tech anim, the CFX, the years which ironically is not maybe the massive bit that I'm particularly focused on, but when Dumbo is painted up as a clown yep. uh-huh. and he's got that, you know... I found that quite... Yeah, no, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a that bit That was like the film was, it was most octopusy. Yeah, no, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And <laughs> the thing about that makeup as well is it draws you towards the eyes. Yeah, So yeah. suddenly you're you're very in touch with that character and then he trips over his ear and you know you feel sorry for it whilst the whole story of that is that everyone's laughing at him and he's tripped over and he's dumbo you know um but that for me like i i spent quite a while to make sure the ear looked like it got tripped over properly and and all that sort of stuff and that, that we took a long time on that and yeah with the makeup everything combined you know it's not just about that it's about the lighting it's about the animation it's about the story as well, um, yeah. and that for me was like a big moment in that film that I really liked. Wait, that's when he becomes yeah, Dumbo. Exactly, and so it's it such a... an emotive moment. Yeah. Like for me, it's all about the emotion. It's not about a uh, beautiful. I you know, 
I don't even like films. What am I, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you think we're cutting that out, you're sorely mistaken. <laughs> yeah. no, that's it's that just mo- that emotive yeah. moment, you know, when you, you can almost, and this is what happened. I was at the premiere and I was not watching that shot. I was watching around everyone else watching that scene. And that is such a beautiful moment, yeah, you know, and that's such a lovely thing to be part of. And that for me is what why I work on film, you yeah, know. Okay. Cool. Well, I've, I've, yeah. yeah, what a great! I uh, feel like I've had a really great snapshot of life um, in twenty. Well, it would have been twenty eighteen, I suspect. Yeah, nineteen ish. So you've you've changed roles now. What, yes. So what's your role now uh, with the company? So um, yeah, I'll let you know when I figure it out. No, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's um, so basically, I was HOD of TechAnim CFX. I looked after animation for a little bit as well, and now I'm basically one above HOD, so look after the HODs, I come up with, hopefully, with creative solutions that can help to deliver projects, basically. So it's it's a bit more managerial, but I'm still very hands-on, and I'm still opening Maya and Houdini, so I'm happy about that as yeah. well. Okay. Well, <laughs> terrific, terrific. And, and we won't ask you to, uh, to to talk about future projects because you can't, so um, <laughs> people can Google what the what, what your company's up to next, and there looks like there's some exciting stuff in the slate, um, so best of luck with all of them, I'm sure. Thank I'm you. sure. Um, I'm sure they've all had their own challenges and things like that, and we're looking yes. forward to seeing. And, and, but and then they'll be out, and you can yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> watch, watch everyone. Watch, watch exactly. everyone watch it very yeah. soon. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Cool. Thank cool. you. Well, thanks so much for coming yeah, on the podcast. You. It's been very much appreciated. We're gonna we're gonna uh, listeners will and and Chris will just keep it for, for a few more minutes, and we'll make sure we do something on the next footnote about. Um, ways to sort of think about getting into the industry if they're interested and we'll have a quick chat cool. about that but for now um, thank you so much for, for talking about Dumbo with us cool thank you for having me you can follow us at fancy-animation.org um, where you can find our blog and uh, podcast archive uh, yep. where you can find uh, some other live action remakes some Tim Burton films uh, things like that yeah. uh, you can follow us on Twitter Facebook and Instagram at fananimresearch f-a-n-a-n-i-m research and you can also use that handle f-a-n-a-n-i-m research at gmail.com to suggest episode suggestions for future footnote episodes wonderful I said the word episodes and suggests far too many times there but that's but, uh, but suggest an episode but, but suggest an episode but please do uh, otherwise that's been us for another um, week and we'll see you next time bye